to down to down to. Yeah. Um, missed and peeved. Miffed and peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. It's a real world. It's a real world. It's a real world. I don't use it. It's not in your vocabulary. Down to dunk. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We are part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. With me today, got my good friend, Michele Barra, on the line. Michele, what's up? Uh, since I'm 31, I'm declining, Andrew. That's... I'm definitely declining. <laughs> I'm 32. I'm in immense decline. I'm out of my prime. I'm not even worth a contract right now. Don't even think about trading for me because I'm, it's just not even worth it. We have listener questions today. It's August 20th. Nothing has happened with the Thunder in the last week unless you consider a, uh, a video of Hamadou Diallo uh, jumping crazy high or Russell Westbrook and James Harden playing on the same like charity team. I think. It's going to Houston, man. It's going. <laughs> it's It's... It's basically done. <laughs> right. Yeah, he played on a team that had Harden and Gerald Green and Josh Smith. On it. I don't know. It was pretty awesome. Uh, but we have some listener questions. So we're going to start with one from uh, Taylor Peterson at Taylor underscore P15. Do you guys feel that Presti will make another move before training camp as he did last year with the Mellow Trade? Or do you feel he has more likely he is more likely to wave singular and roll with the roster as is? Well, to me, that's that's that really depends um, on how much they want to spend uh, next year. Because uh, singular and Abrinus, um, which are probably uh, the most movable contract, uh, together with Patterson, but Patterson feels uh, a role of need for OKC. Um, they both expire next season. Um, technically, uh, they can extend the Brinus um, before the season starts. And so, if they want to have a chance to not pay a gazillion money next year, probably it makes sense either to try to uh, sign a Brinus to a, like a low uh, contract, like for three, four millions per year, um, or try to move them all and, and sign someone for the minimum. And so, Trading for a guy like Courtney Lee, uh, which will probably uh, be in like 12 other questions, uh, ties them to 12 million uh, also in uh, 2019, 2020, if I am not uh, mistaken. Yeah. And so that's, that to me is the, is the choice that the front office have to make. Um, and so to me, like it makes sense to move singular. I'm almost sure they will do that uh, one way or another. He will not be on the roster um, by training camp. Uh, but if they are going to like sign someone else, I, I don't really know. Uh, to me, it, it is most likely that they either take a minimum or they um, 
sign either Burton or someone else to a, a regular contract and um, maybe sign Herbie to a two-way or something like that. That's to me, is the likeliest thing. Mm-hmm. But if, hey, if New York wants to clear space for 2020 and they want to give assets for Courtney Lee, then yes, that's extremely unlikely though. Like it's, I, I don't see that to happen. Right. Yeah, it's, it seems like a, just a beneficial deal for both teams. And AEC1600 asks about the Cornelie trade. And is it a real possibility? I don't know if it's a real possibility. I don't know if that's a, something the Thunder have interest in. They've had opportunities in the past to trade for him. I mean, it, what Cornelie trade has cost somebody a lot in the past. I mean, I think like the most he's ever been traded for is two second rounders. Yeah, from Memphis, right? Yeah, and so it's not—it's it's not like the Thunder have never had the opportunity to get this guy, uh, but he does seem to fit the prototype of a guy the Thunder have never quite gotten—a guy that can be a good team defender and hit a three. And they've always got guys that can do one or the other, and they never seem to land somebody that can do both. And when they try to get somebody that can do both, it's always somebody really young. They tried with Jeremy Lamb to develop him into that. Uh, They tried with Tabo, who was young at the time, to develop into that. Andre Robertson tried to develop him into that. And none of those guys quite hit the market. Now, it seems like they're doing it again, where they're they're trying it with Ferguson. They've been trying it with Alex Abrinas. Now they've got Diallo. And I, I just... At what point, McKelly, do you think the Thunder should just go get somebody who is proven in that area? And Courtney Lee, a lot of people think he's super old. I think he's going to play for a while because he's not a guy that's super reliant on athleticism. And he mm-hmm. can really shoot it. And he's just a pretty smart player. He's not The big downside to him is that he's a two, period. I mean, he is. he played some three for the Knicks, but that was out of necessity. I don't think that's something you want to do on a regular basis. So to me, he's a guy that kind of is that fifth piece if Robertson can't play because he can't hit his free throws and a a nice scoring lift off the bench kind of guy. But at at what point, McKelly, did the Thunder need to go get somebody that's proven rather than trying to develop a wing just because it hasn't gone well in the past? Well, to me, uh, if Robertson is able to play, and if the like, you can do this trade uh, just before training camp. After you have like a, an opinion on how Robertson is uh, progressing, uh, health wise, uh, you, you you will never know know for sure. Um, but you can have like a pretty good idea how things are progressing. And so, if Robertson is good to go, and he will play like twenty eight uh, minutes, like maybe thirty, and you have to put in Schroeder. Um, you don't have too much to fill with a guy that can play just the three, just the, uh, the two. Yes, you can maybe play around and putting Dre in a, in, in a wing position and having Curtin Lee and Dre together on the court. That may work. So um, in some sense, if you feel like you need an insurance for what Dre can be this season, then I think you can move. Uh, you, can, you can make the move. Uh, if you're reasonably confident, then I don't know. I mean... Uh, 
the buyout market will not be great, um, or we don't know if it, if it's going to be great. So it's always dicey to bet on on an, on an upgrade uh, coming February. Um, so I don't know. It's it's really tough for me. Um, the the only reason why I would do this trade, uh, the main reason why I would do this trade, is not that I don't think that Abrinus can play like eighty five percent of what uh, currently. Um, can this the, the coming season? But the point to me is: is Billy going to trust Alex Sabrinas on the court? Mm-hmm. And that is always the point. So, if you are confident that Billy will play accordingly, twenty-five minutes a game, twenty-eight minutes a game, and thus giving extra shooting uh, to this team, then yes, I think that this is a move that you should do. Uh, because you can close with Courtney Lee, you can even start with Courtney Lee if Robertson is not uh, 100% healthy. Um, you can decide to play him 15, 18, 20 for a stretch if you want to give Ferguson more minutes. So it doesn't uh, stop the development of, of your young guys, but it gives you a huge insurance if Robertson is not able to go. Because let's be honest, if Dre is not 100% defensively, that is going to be crucial for OKC. Like mm-hmm. they, and maybe having currently there, which is not a super plus defender, but it's a good defender that can really shoot it. Maybe he can lock something with Russ and PG that creates even a better team. So I don't know. Uh, I, I would do it, but mainly because of uh, the Billy trust issues with the brainers. I'd like to thank Andy's frozen custard for sponsoring today's show got to go to Andy's right now. They're special. And I've had people tweet in, show me pictures that they've been trying it. And everyone has been blown away. It is their key lime pie concrete. They take a slice of pie, an actual slice of key lime pie, put it in a cup, mix it with Andy's vanilla frozen custard. And it's just unbelievable. You get the bits of crust in there. You got the key lime kind of mixed in with the custard. Uh, it's just an amazing, amazing sweet treat. You've got to go check out Andy's today. Locations in Oklahoma City, Texas, Missouri, Tennessee, Florida. I think there's one in Phoenix as well. I know we have listeners in all of those areas. So please go check out Andy's and support the people that support us. You also, they have any kind of concrete. One of my favorites, kind of a go-to if I if I don't really know what to get is the Oreo with uh, mint mixed in and it's so good. You can also get the Andy's Ozark Turtle, which is vanilla frozen custard covered with hot fudge, cream caramel, roasted pecans, and topped with cherry. Man, that's so good. My kids love Andy's frozen custard. They're going to tell you a little bit about their favorite frozen custards. Um, and I like the vanilla sprinkles. The vanilla sprinkles is amazing. Okay, what's a sweet treat that you like at Andy's? Chocolate with cherries. Do you like it mixed in or on top? Mixed in. You've got to go get the concretes. All their concretes... All their concretes are really good. Support the people that support Down to Dunk and eat at Andy's frozen custard. Yeah, I I think that all makes a ton of sense. I just think at some point the Thunder are gonna have to bite the bullet on somebody that can play. And you know and you know they, they trusted Abrinas more down the stretch than they did yeah. most of the season. I mean the last four games of the season he played <clears throat> excuse me, fifteen minutes plus. Mm-hmm. in every game and then the playoffs his lowest t- 
total was game three. He played 12 minutes and 39 seconds. But And then game two, he's 14 minutes. But every other game, he played 20 minutes or more. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if that's a signal of things to come. If that's a, okay, we know that he's one of our best players, and so he needs to play more kind of thing. And we need mm-hmm. to stop experimenting. But in game 73, they played Boston. That game in Boston, where it's just the atrocious game in Boston. They lost by one. Uh, he played four minutes. Yeah. And that's like down That's down the stretch of the season where he's, I'm sure I'm, I don't have Corey Brewer's number in front of me, but I'm sure Corey Brewer pre- played like 25 or 26 minutes that night. I mean, there, there is a weird trust issue there. You know, against mm-hmm. against Houston. So we talked about the other day, last week, that he played 27 minutes against Houston in the final game of the season, or not final game. There, there was the they had two games left after yeah. that, uh, and then the the time they played Houston before that, he played 12 seconds. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's a it's been a weird thing for him because I do think that he's one of the better players on the team and that he needs to get a rhythm to get going and he can be a better defender. And he showed that down the stretch. Uh, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there is anybody. I think that it may take a veteran because when Corey Brewer got on the team, by golly, he trusted that guy immensely. And obviously there's a history there with him, but it, it is an issue that the Thunder needs some sort of stability on the wing. And it's great to develop these guys and see if you can get one to be a high-level wing at the NBA level. That's great. I want the Thunder to do that. I really do. But the Thunder are competing now. And this team, we don't know how long this run is going to last. Like we, we think it'll last three years, but that's there's no guarantee. And so... Mm-hmm. To me, especially with all the Dre questions up in the air, because I, I don't think it's a slam dunk that he's 100%. And he may be by next season, but it's kind of throwing away a season if you're going to rely on Ferguson. And I don't know that I don't think they're going to rely on Diallo, but to just have him in the mix. Oh, he will now, play some. Yeah, he, play some. he definitely will. It's, it's a little dicey to me. Mm-hmm. So I. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I I don't think the Thunder will trade for Courtney Lee just because they haven't, you know, taken that opportunity in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think you're right that it's more likely that they find a spot for Singler or they. I, I'd be a little surprised if they waved and stretched him just because I don't think that's on the Thunder's agenda at all. But they mm-hmm. may they may have no choice. Like if if they don't want him on the roster they may have that million dollars on the books for the next three years. I mean, that's, yeah. that's entirely possible, but we'll see. I, I think you're right. Singler won't be on the roster and they'll probably just try to ride with these young guys, which is something they've tried to do in the past. And then they'll go find somebody on the buyout market. And I mean, when has that ever worked out in the, in the favor of a team to have a guy on the buyout market that's played a significant role? Cause that, if that guy, that guy would seemingly play a significant role like Corey Brewer did. And Corey mm-hmm. Brewer was pretty good for the Thunder. Eh. But he wasn't yeah. he didn't move the needle all that much. So no. I, I just it's dicey. 
The only guy yes. I ever, th- I always think about, but he wasn't even a buyout candidate was PJ Brown. He was just sitting at home all, all season waiting to join a team to go to the playoffs. He, he didn't want to have to work out <laughs> the rest of the season. He just wanted to go to the playoffs. Um, but beyond that, I can't think of anybody that's made a huge impact. So I, I think that it's better to, to go get somebody now. But I'm also sitting in my house right now and not working for an NBA team. So, <laughs> Yeah, and there are, like, statistically, there are a few things uh, that make you hope, uh, make you have hope for uh, a potential fit for Brinus without coming on to me. Like, there's no really a, a huge amount of data on Abrinas um, from last season because, I mean, he played in sparse units. He didn't play a lot with George Westbrook and Adams. But in the 250 minutes that he played with them, so it's roughly five full games. Uh, and so, like, it's it's a 15 to 20 uh, games for a guy like Abrinas uh, that plays 15 minutes or so, whatever. Um in those minutes, with George Adamson and, and Westbrook, he had a plus seven net rating. With and, and it's this, this is not really interesting, but the the, the, the most important thing to me is uh, the pace. So, with them on the court, the pace of the team was 104. So, if Billy wants to play fast, that having a brilliance on the court with those guys. And another like sort of wing may work. Mm-hmm. The only player with which all this thing didn't work was Carmen Anthony. Like every lineup with Abrinas, uh, Westbrook, George, Adams, and Melo was negative. So if you have like a, even a, a, a guy like Grant in that lineup with Abrinas or a guy like Patterson, that may work. Um, Especially if you hope and think that the Brinus can take um, a much bigger defensive role this season. Well, a slightly bigger defensive role this season. Like if he shows the exact same thing that he did in the playoffs last season, I think you have something even better maybe that, that currently is. Simply because you have like a reliable shooter that has like eight years less than uh, currently. So there is hope, especially without Melo, that the guy like a Brinus that is a quick trigger, he can run the court, he moves well, because that is really important. Abrinas really moves well on the court. And having a guy like that, that can curl off screens uh, and do stuff like that, I think it's extremely important. Uh, The reason why he mainly failed last season, to me, was he almost never played with Russ and PG. He was either the, um, the guy who was supposed to uh, be in place of Paul George with the starters, and that clearly didn't work. Uh, or he was a guy that just came into the rotation for Paul, for Paul George. And I don't think that is the best use for him. I think that having two guys like Paul George and Abrinas that can move around screen, that is the key to have an offense that actually creates space. Not just creates space by standing, but also by moving. And so it gives me a bit of hope that if Billy is uh, willing to give him maybe a little bit longer leash at the beginning of the season, that could be uh, extremely important for OKC. Yeah, to kind of further that point, Corey Brewer almost had the same number of possessions with Russell Westbrook last season than Alex Abrinas did. 
<laughs> it's with, it's within 200 yeah. possessions, which is not a lot. No. And and so the sample sizes that you get with these lineups just aren't great. Uh if when you had a Brinus with the starters, they're a plus 5.3. When you had a Brinus with Grant subbed in as the power forward without Carmelo, it's I mean the it was insane. And it only played 100 possessions and I'm not sure I'd have to find which games they were in for it to matter because I mean this could be yep. all against like the Bulls or somebody that was terrible that the Thunder just killed last year. Um, but they were a plus thirty one point nine and a hundred possessions. Mm-hmm. I mean that's it's crazy, but there's a lot of context in that that I don't have. But I, I think the fact is that Russell needs floor spacing. Period. Yep. It's just. The, the Thunder have too many guys that don't need to be guarded. And so they need to find somebody that plays on the wing besides Paul George that needs to be guarded. And I think Abrinas is that guy. Like, you're not going to leave him all game. You're not going to leave him if he plays 20 minutes a game. You're not going to leave him for 20 minutes. I'm not totally convinced that people are going to guard Ferguson yet. Uh, I think maybe eventually they will. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think people are going to guard Jeremy Grant at the three-point line. I think people will guard Patrick Patterson at three-point line. Uh, they need as many guys that need to be guarded as they can get. Obviously, no one's touching Andre Robertson at the three-point line. And Robert, yeah. Andre Robertson's not <laughs> even going to shoot many. I mean, he didn't shoot hardly any threes last year. and He won't do it. He, he'll do the same thing again, I would guess, where he's more cutting and moving and moving the ball just because he can't be effective as a standstill guy. But Abrinas can be. And... You know that that that's important to a Russell Westbrook-led team, and they've never really designed a team like that, uh, which I just kind of find you know frustrating and fascinating. So, yeah. Last last thing on uh, on these like little exercises, stats exercises uh, that we are doing today that I think it's um, relevant is um, I'm doing cleaning the glass now. You said that the, the starters plus uh, Abrinas and Grant without Robertson and Melo uh, had 100 possession and with a crazy good rating. Well, if you just take the lineups with Abrinas and Westbrook on and Felton and Carmelo Anthony off, those are 300 possessions. It's still relatively small, but it's not super small. Mm-hmm. And the numbers are the following. 122.5 offensive rating and 89.4 defensive rating. So the, you cannot trust this number in saying that, well, if we if we roll over the same thing, just play Westbrook and Abrinas together, we will have that without Melo and Felton. That is not really smart to say. But at least to have in mind, well, this pairing in 300 possession really worked out. It is better for me as a coach to give that to give that those lineups a chance, a real chance, because like say that for like training camp starts and you play a lineup with I don't know it, it's weird uh, it's totally weird but uh, Westbrook Abrinas uh, George Robertson and Adams like something like that or mm-hmm. uh, if Robertson is not ready to go Grant Patterson whoever and that works like you should really try to see why those lineups were working and if they can work in this new setting where you, where you don't have a guy that demands the ball, doesn't move very well, doesn't scream very well, and doesn't defend very well. And so, like, I really think that there is something there, 
and I, I'm hoping that um, Billy is willing to try it out. Yeah, and I think a lineup that a lot of people thought we would see last season, and this is the mellow effect why we didn't see this at all. We saw 20 possessions of it. Was Westbrook, Abrinas, George, Patterson, and Adams? Like intuitively, like that's the one, right? Mm-hmm. There's enough defense on the floor, probably, with Paul George, Patterson, Adams, Abrinas is at least trying. Russell Westbrook's doing his thing, and you have the shooting. I mean, that's that's where the shooting is. You have your guy who's setting the screens, Stephen Adams, Patterson's in one corner, Abrinas in the other, Paul George out on the wing, ready to create. I mean, it's just it makes the most sense in your head, Mm -hmm. but but you just didn't see much of that. And I just wonder if we'll see more of that this season. Uh, because I, I mean, I think with mellow at that, at that spot, I think there were, you saw a lot more possessions. I'm almost positive. I don't, I don't have to look, I don't have to look at it. I know that we saw a lot of that. And so it's, it'll just be really interesting to see what they do without mellow there and what that four spot looks like. Because I think that Patterson will play significant minutes. Remember, he didn't play during training camp at all. Yeah. He had that, that, was- knee, he had that knee scope. And so I think that, that the mellow effect was probably the primary reason that we didn't see a lot of Patterson last season. But I think that that knee scope and him missing training camp hurt too. And so from all indications, he's good to go. He's ready to play this season. And so maybe he'll be in better shape. Maybe he'll be ready to be the starter, in which case I think he'll have a chance to steal minutes from Jeremy Grant some if he can play well and shoot well and and move like we know that he can. So I'm excited to, to see him and to see what he can do. I'd like to thank Early Upgrade for sponsoring today's show. If you are a manager or you're an owner of a business or you're high up in a big business that uses phones and iPads for your business and you're looking to upgrade, you have your employees complaining that the iPads don't work right, that your phones are always crashing, that the battery life isn't any good, Early Upgrade is the company to call. So please go check out earlyupgrade.com. Their customer service is fantastic. They've been around for nine years and they are nationwide. So if you're located anywhere in the United States and you are looking to upgrade your mobile devices, 200, 200 devices or more, you can get good value for your current iPhones or tablets. If they're not functional, they will still have value. So please contact early upgrade they're also thunder fans so their owner's a big thunder fan which is a huge plus so you know you're dealing with great people so support the people that support down to dunk and contact early upgrade at earlyupgrade.com we have a ton of questions so let's move on to the next one this is from at kev underscore vh if big if nerlens flourishes with the thunder which do you think is a more realistic possibility trading adams for another star we're trading Nerlens to recoup a future first round pick. I don't think you can trade Neros the coming season. Um, if I am not mistaken. And Even though he's on a two year deal? That is my doubt, but since uh, it's like since he has like a, a player option, I 
that that we should ask John. I don't I don't know from the top of my head. I remember I kind of remember him like being in a sort of not not trade clause or whatever. But even if even if you can trade him, mm-hmm. I don't think you you'll get enough value. Like if he's great this season, uh, you keep him. <laughs> Full stop. Yeah. You play 25, 28 Adams, which is a high maintenance guy. And so if you play him less, you will likely have him better at the end of the season. And you just play Nerls. And if he, like, you cannot really trade Adams because you don't have the cap space to pay Nerls any amount of money even if you trade Adams. Right. And so there's no... I don't think that Nerosnoel will play for OKC next season, not because he's not good, but because he will have other offers yeah. uh, and or he will be out of the league. So if he plays bad, I don't think there are there will be many chances for him to come back. Right. Uh, if he plays super well, then it's just gone. So I have to get back to the trade thing because I, I am not confident in what I said is correct. But uh, in any case, like if he's going great, then why you trade him? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. it's going to help you. So like if you play Utah, you're, yeah. you're going to need him. <laughs> I mean, yeah. obviously the Thunder needed another big man during that series. And so, if Nerlens Noel plays for the Thunder for more than one season, it means he's not very good. That's what that means. Yeah. Because if he opts into that contract next year, it means that this year did not go well. And now we might have a hot dog eating Nerlens Noel in our hands. And yeah. So yeah. if he's good, you're not, you're not, you're right. You're not going to trade him. I don't know if you could get a first round pick for him anyways, because that team is not getting his, their, his bird rights. It would have to be a team that has cap space. Exactly. And how many playoff teams have cap space? There's just not a lot. So it's kind of a tough balance. And I just, I mean, Steven Adams is so important to what this team is and what they want to do. I mean, it would have to be, I mean, it would seriously have to be Anthony Davis or, I mean, I'm trying to like rack my brain as to who else, because he fills so many gaps on the defensive end and the offensive end. He is yeah. one of the best offensive rebounding guys in the NBA. You know, that cleaning the glass article that talks about uh, the offensive rebounding and getting back in transition. And the Thunder do both, which you're really not supposed to be able to do both. Uh, they do both because they have Steven Adams. Like, that's why. He's, a, he's an yeah. offensive rebounding machine. He averaged over five for offensive rebounds per game, which is just an insane number. He sets an amazing screen. He sacrifices his body every night to make sure this team has a chance to win. Uh, and this year, he doesn't have to cover as many defensive spots because he doesn't have a, a four that is incompetent on the defensive end. So I think that you can see him blossom a little bit. And... I think that you could see him be a better offensive player even. So I, I think it'd be tough to trade him and get back what you really want unless you can get a star. I mean, if they can get Anthony Davis, of course. Like, Steven, you've been great, but <laughs> but we have a chance to get Anthony Davis. I don't think that's going to happen. No. Um, but Steven Adams is incredibly important to this team. He's the third best player easily. I don't think there's any question to that. And he's going to be crucial to their success. And he's a guy that can take the ball and play, make a little bit more than what people think. 
I don't know if people remember the play where he stole the ball from Donovan Mitchell and then dished it off to, to Corey Brewer for a dunk in the playoffs. But like, there's not a lot of big guys that can do that and run the floor with the ball like that. So he's really skilled. He's incredibly aggressive. He's very physical. And this team needs that. They need, you know, there's not a lot of guys sacrificing and, and doing what the team needs to do to win on this team. And he's he's the leader of that. And so without him, man, I mean, the Thunder struggled last season. But if you take Steven Adams out of the equation, like I, I'm fearful for what that would have looked like because he was the only player, in my opinion, that had a consistent season from start to finish. And probably, I mean, there were definitely nights I remember saying, yeah, Steven Adams was their best player, no question. Because yeah, he's especially getting, in the first part of the season, right? Right, and he gave effort on both ends. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I, I'm not looking to trade that dude unless it is for Anthony Davis. And to me, I don't know that there's another candidate for that trade for for another but, big. Yeah, if you want to trade him after reading his book, you, you don't know what, what you're talking about. Right. Like <laughs> the guy, the guy is the best, and clearly, clearly, Russell Westbrook loves him. Like, uh, um, and so, um, yeah. yeah, maybe he, he's, a, he's like, Russ is Anthony Davis' buddy. So that, that, that is a no-brainer. But since he's a no-brainer, that is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're New Orleans and you traded Anthony Davis and all you got back was Steven Adams, which Steve is great. I love him. But he's definitely like a third option at best. And so you, yeah. that's not the situation that you want to be in if you're the New Orleans Pelicans. You're looking for draft picks. You're looking for a better, younger guy. You're basically just calling Boston and say, hey, we'll take Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. And you can have yeah. anything. To do. Like, that's the kind of deal that and, they're looking and for. And Jason Tatum, like both. Yeah, that's that's the kind of deal they're looking for. And the Thunder yeah. don't have those guys. Those We have those guys, but they're in their prime already. And the Thunder aren't trading those dudes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I... I don't think that's that's happening, but it is interesting to think about. Uh, this is from at Shantastic536. Who is the biggest loss to Oklahoma City? Fran- Who is the biggest loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder franchise? Kevin Durant, James Harden, or Fred Katz? But that's an, it's not, a waste, not a question. I mean, um, it's Fred, right? It's got to be Fred. Yeah. Uh, not talking facetiously, I miss Fred a lot. And me too. Fred was a huge asset to really every anybody who's on Twitter, anybody who consumes the media for the Thunder. It's pretty rare that a guy like that comes to work for a paper like the Norman Transcript. I mean, it was the perfect storm for him. He needed a job. Uh, but the Thunder lost something or at least the thunder fans lost something pretty big when he left and uh because he's great he's really really good and it's he he's just not being replaced by anybody yet within the market that even approaches his level so it's disappointing that he's gone obviously i'm very happy for him he made the best choice for for his life and for his future which is all that I want for him, but selfishly, 
<laughs> Wish he was still Let, here. Let's let's no 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 let's let's say this like as it is. He's a traitor. Full stop. <laughs> I mean, we should have stayed here and not going to a very very nice city, uh, right. close to his family. No no no. Like, he doesn't know what stay. loyalty is. Exactly. No. Um, seriously. I mean, just read the PCC's writing um, for like every possible matchup of the Celtics uh, for the finals like he he's great and even if you are a thunder fan and you don't watch anything else you should follow him because he knows yeah uh also screw you kevin durant next one yeah at jw mag what are your favorite small ball lineups i'm intrigued by the fast lineup of westbrook Schroeder, dre paul george and jeremy grant that's a fun one yeah, um, one lineup that I uh, mentioned was the one with the Brinus instead of um, a shooter. But still, I think that having an extremely uh, good ball handler and passer um, with those guys can be interesting. Um, of that particular lineup, I don't trust the shooting very much. So either Russ has a resurgent uh, on that end. Um I don't think that lineup will be um, played extensively. It can be matchup based, um, but yeah, if you if you have Schroeder and Russ there, I would try to put at least two shooters like Patterson and George uh, to complement them. Or if Grant has an amazing season um, uh, shooting the three ball, then yes, uh, can, Grant can work as well. But with Ray, I I, I don't I don't really know. Yeah, and I wonder if you could even get away with playing Dre at the five against some teams. Yeah, you you may you may, and but that again that is I mean, really like matchup based. Two minutes, I'm talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. Say that you need like a, really a stop uh, defensively somehow, and like every other guys that we mentioned are on a roll. Then yes, you may try, uh, but. Yeah, it's a, it's very situational, and yeah. maybe if Houston goes super small, like with PJ Tucker or with Melo at the five, mm-hmm. um, which is entirely is. possible, and I actually yeah. expect for that to happen. Then then I, then I want like every ball handler that I can on the court, because if Melo is on the court as a five, like for some reason Capella is not on the court, then I really need every possible ball handler. I'll do a pick and roll. Like every possession, I don't even think about running anything else and just go straight to the rim. Yeah, like a Westbrook shooter, uh, either George, Abrinas, yeah. or Ferguson, George, and Dre. I, mean, uh, I would I would try to uh, not to put like uh, the extra shooter, but putting Jeremy um, on the court because he's really capable of taking Melo off the dribble, and so yeah, that's um, so true. Yeah, so um, you, you don't really need shooters then. You just you just play Melo 1-1. You just and, attack Carmelo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You move, you move your worst shooter on the ball, like you move shooter on the ball, and you play pick and roll with Grant, and, and you put in Melo, and then other guys have to help because Melo will not be able to stand. And so, and that, I mean, it's not just Melo. I mean, uh, if you have, like, Schroeder is not a bad ball handler. He is great right. in isolation. And so, um, even, like, PJ Tucker is a great defender, but is a great three to five defender. I'm not sure he can really stand for an, an like, extended time on a one. Uh, 
So who knows? I mean, it, it opens, like Schroeder opens interesting stuff with small ball lineups. Mm-hmm. But then on the other end, is Schroeder going to be able to hold up on a guy like Chris Paul or James Harden? Yeah, that's uh, that's the big question. Um, as I don't remember who, probably Nate and Fred, um, they said somehow that maybe Fred said that um, Schroeder is actually going to be like he was able to pick up guys uh, full court um, yeah. with both their hands. So. And Russ can do sort of the same. If it's just two, three minutes, uh, they can do that. I'm sure that they can. Uh, I don't know if they will. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a, that's an effort. That is a focus. That a, that's a stamina uh, thing. So mm-hmm. we'll see. From at 405 fan, if Grant's shooting doesn't come around this year, should we trade him? With the commitments we have financially, I don't see us bringing more long-term money without giving up long term grant proved last year that he can play we just need floor spacing and he might make the most sense like spacing and shooting are very much related um but they are not the same thing um if if like grant learned to do a lot of things the the past season like the first 20 to 30 games, it was terrible, not just on the offensive end, but also on the defensive side. He was making uh, wrong choices. And those wrong choices, both in offense and defense, actually diminished during the season uh, a lot. And so I, if he's able, maybe not to shoot like uh, reliably, uh, but he's able to do other stuff, like him being uh, the off-ball screener, him being the guy who cuts, who moves, who actually creates havocs and cows, that may help as well. So, like, Jeremy showed a steady improvement since he came to OKC. And he is, what, 24? He's 24 this, this season, right? He's 1994, if I remember Yeah, I correct. think that's right. Let me, I can double check that. Yeah, but it's super young. So... Mm-hmm. Again, if you trade him, it has to be for a greater asset. And I don't think there is a guy on MLE kind of contracts that have the same upside. Because like you have the um, the bird rights of Jeremy Grant. Mm-hmm. And He's that, 24, yeah. Yeah, and that's important. Because in two seasons from now, uh, two seasons from now, we don't know what the cap situation is. We don't know how, how the market will look like. OKC may be able to offer more than anything anyone else because, like, next season will be big in terms of spending. So the season afterwards, you don't know how cramped uh, the the cap situation of good teams is. And so maybe since you paid him and you develop him, he will stay for a reasonable contract, not a discount one. He didn't take a discount this season, but probably he stayed like just under uh, a line under his actual value. So who knows? I, I will stick. I will keep him around. Yeah, he's so versatile. I mean, mm-hmm. if he was only a guy that could play the backup five or only a guy that could play the four, then I'd be like, yeah, you know, then I really need somebody that can be a little bit more versatile than that. But the the fact is that he played minutes nominally at the two last year for the Thunder. And so he's a guy that can play in a lot of different spots. And it's tough to find those guys that are actually good. <laughs> and a guy that has his length and height and athleticism. 
I mean, he's everything you're looking for minus the shooting. And I, I don't think that's going to come along, but it could. He shot the ball pretty well from three in the second half of the season. And so that also coincided with him just being a better player, period, and getting more consistent playing time. And so I think Billy really likes him. I think the organization really, really likes him, obviously, to sign him to the deal they did at midnight, basically, on July 1st. That's a guy that they want to keep around. So I don't think they'd be trading him. I'd almost see it more likely that they trade a guy like Patterson to go get something else to see if you can you know, kind of swap veterans with somebody uh, before they trade Jeremy, just because, I mean, he was the guy closing games for the Thunder last season. He was the guy that they looked to, to get a bucket off the bench. And so to me, I I just, I mean, I think they want to keep him around as long as they can and kind of see where his potential goes, because I don't know what, who the player, I don't know who Jeremy Grant at 27 is. Like, I really have no idea. I think that we mm-hmm. we know like, Patterson is what he is, you know. And, oh yeah, and to an extent, so is you know a lot of guys on this team. But Jeremy, like I don't know, I have no idea. Like he he became something I didn't even think he could be last season. So I I don't I'm not necessarily seeing eye to eye with um, this this question, but you know it's okay. Let's see. Uh, Caleb Bennett, OKC. I'd like to hear more about Noel and what, if anything, the coaches slash front office thinks of him. He seems to like the classic rebuild guy who can play legit D. Not having a real sub for Adams was one of the oh, one of the overlooked issues with last year's team. Uh, I agree. I think that it was a need, especially against certain matchups and one of those matchups is Utah and it was pretty glaring when the Thunder didn't have another like big center to play against them. So I think that he will help the front office is kind of there. I would say that they're proud of themselves for getting him. He had other offers that were maybe a little bit more lucrative, uh, but I think that they, that he chose Oklahoma city because the thunder pitched like image to him and what other guys have done like an Ennis Cantor, how he rebuilt his image here in Oklahoma city, uh, playing, you know, behind Steven Adams, even alongside him. Some, I don't, I don't know how much that will happen with Noel, but I, I think that their, their culture is something that they probably pitched to him. And I think they're pretty proud that they got a guy that was considered to be the best player in that draft, the draft they just can't stop getting guys from that 2013 draft. <laughs> I think, I think they're pretty excited about him, and he is coming to the Thunder at kind of rock bottom of his career, or at least what he hopes is the rock bottom of his career. I mean, to swallow your pride and take a minimum deal when you're offered 17 million per season and you turn it yeah. down. I mean, I, I think that that's kind of, kind of big. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you said it all. Uh, I think that he could bring stuff that the second unit needs, uh, defense, uh, rebounding and screening. And I, I don't particularly care about his effectiveness as a 
post up player. He is a good rim runner, and so that's that's what you really need from a, a big man. And it is a great insurance for what um, again Stephen usually has like five to ten games where he's either not hundred percent healthy or out um, for small injuries because as we all know he he doesn't restrain himself on the court and so he gets hurt and so having a guy like that that was highly tutored uh, two seasons ago not long ago as a guy who could take like 17 18 millions that's that's a, a luxury to have especially if OKC is able um, to to make it work because it's it's not guarantee that he will be able to um, like to get get in shape in game shape and all this stuff so I'm really interesting to see how how that goes but surely um okc is proud to do that and and it's it was the right move to do for sure yeah he like you said he's an absolute luxury the thunder don't necessarily need him especially in the regular season uh because they got by without a big in the regular season last year got by they, they disappointed but they still were okay the backup center wasn't the reason that they weren't good last season the regular season uh, but to have him is, is like you said, I think it was necessary. I think that it was the right move to make. And now we'll just find out if, uh, if he can step up to the plate, basically. Yep. Uh, next question. And I'm just going to butcher your name and I'm really so sorry. Bala K. And I, I'm, I can't, I'm not even going to start saying your last name because I don't want to embarrass myself. Bala, I'm sorry. He asked, do I think, Roy, do I know if Royce Young has ever put ketchup on ice cream or any dessert? I, <laughs> I don't think that he has. I have asked him several times about sweets and he usually, uh, he, he goes toward the, the salty, savory foods. Any, anything salty, savory is fair game. I don't think he goes as far as sweets. So we can, we can move on from there. Great question, though. It's really, really getting in depth there. This is from at Drew underscore. I remember Katie and Russ having trouble recruiting players for years. Uh, example, Pau Gasol. It may not seem like much, but Paul George and Russ recruiting Nerlens Noel seems big to me. With Paul George deciding to stay, do you think that they could recruit more players? I think it's a really interesting thought because it was an issue they couldn't even get uh what's his name right to come yeah to the thunder uh it was a it was a weird problem they had i mean when the thunder got anthony morrow everybody was like oh man we finally got a guy it's like well anthony morrow was like like at best like yeah, you 11th know. best player on a good yeah. team <laughs> I mean, yeah. and that was one of the better signings that Thunder had ever had. And so, yeah, to to get Nerlens Noel, who is at least was at one point a blue chip type of guy. I mean, the Thunder never got those kind of guys. They had to trade for him. And so to get a guy like that, I mean, just getting guys for free, basically. I know they're paying them. But without having to use up any of your own assets to just bring a guy in is so big, and that's how that's how teams compete. That's mm-hmm. how these teams compete at high levels is that they're able to bring in guys for nothing. And so, I think it's a really I think Drew makes a really good point that the Thunder just in the past have not been able to bring in anybody 
during free agency. So, um, I, I like that. I, I think that maybe they could go get somebody more. I we'll, we'll have to see, but, uh, I know that Russ and Paul George were pretty pivotal in bringing in Nerlens. Yeah, no, um, that is weird. It was weird though. Yeah. That Darrell Wright. I couldn't think of his first name. Darrell. Yeah. What's wrong with me? Yeah. It's, it was weird. I mean, it wasn't even like a top 50 guy. Oh no, uh, no. Probably it, 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 times has to pass probably to, to make a franchise relevant in every aspect. And OKC probably changes the city and the franchise as well, uh, is less tight than what it used to be. It, 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 it is more like, like they announced Paul George resigning at a huge party with Nas. That was like KD's second contract was probably a tweet on. It was. Like, yeah. So, like, there is a clear difference on what the franchise is doing now, uh, respect of what they were doing like five years ago, four years ago. Mm-hmm. That is probably um, embracing the Russ way to do things and also mm-hmm. evolving as a franchise. And this is not like. Um, something against KD because I don't know who was responsible to keep the franchise as it was. Uh, Probably not just him, but surely also him and Russ were okay in doing that. And like now Russ and uh, KD and Paul George are all-star, superstar, Hall of Famers. Four years ago, five years ago, they were on their way. Mm -hmm. It makes a difference. Like LeBron James could not bring anyone to Cleveland. Yeah. And it was LeBron James. And they, like, he, he's, like, you know, he was already the best player uh, of the league and he couldn't get anyone there. Uh, maybe for financial reasons, maybe, you, you never know. And so it is hard. And it's great that OKC is slightly changing, well, slowly changing towards being, like, a place where um, free agents uh, wants to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just bringing back Paul George as a free agent is oh, yeah. such a huge thing. And it, it is relevant for the 2017-2018 offseason. Just no. <laughs> it absolutely matters that they did that. Yeah. <laughs> and also the Lakers bringing in uh, LeBron James. That is 2017-2018 offseason. Yes, it totally matters. Great job, Magic Johnson. You did a great yeah. thing. <laughs> Uh, we've got to fire through some of these. We don't have much time left. Uh, at Brick Stevens, uh, is this team still too turnover prone? What do you think? Um, depending on PG handles, uh, I would say it is kind of turnover prone. Yeah. And it may be even more so if they want to play fast, that's going to come with more mistakes. Yeah. So they may be more so than they were, but we'll see the impact that it, that it has. Uh, let's see. This is from at JGG five twelve. Who do you believe will come away at the end of the season most excited about their growth? What elements of their game will have improved? We're basically predicting the future. Can you predict the future, McKelly, as to who will be the most improved player for the Thunder at the end of the season? I have this weird feeling that will be Stephen Adams. Oh, I I I don't know why, and I know that the bar. Is incredibly high, but if somehow OKC finds a way to create spacing around Steven, this can be like the season where 
he becomes like casual monster. Like if you if you know Pacific Rim, wow! Like he becomes like the, the <laughs> brute force. Uh, that is, I, I think that he was severely underused last season, mm-hmm. and he can be just imagine like last season plus being great at, on defense like every night because I mean Robertson is there all season, and then adding five possessions per game. Mm-hmm. That is a like. 15 plus 12 plus whatever defensive rating with him on the court yeah that's a good one that's a really good one uh i think that it could be timote luau cabarro i feel like the thunder have done pretty well taking guys of other teams that have had some experience and being able to use them like a tabo cephalosha in yeah with chicago there just wasn't room for tabo and in Philly, there just wasn't room for for the Luau to play, and so I just wonder if the Thunder saw something with him, and we're like, okay. And he's probably a better guy as a standstill mm-hmm. uh, shooter and defender than he is a guy that needs to attack a closeout and things like that. Yeah. And there's really not a better team for a guy that just needs to stand and shoot. And so I think that at the end of the season, maybe that's why they don't need to trade for Courtney Lee is because they're like, you know, we kind of got a guy that we believe in already and he's cheap and he's on a controllable deal. And so I just wonder about him. Uh, You know, the Thunder did well with Jeremy Grant. And I I just wonder if he's another guy that's kind of at a a lower end, obviously. Like, I don't think that he's going to end up being like starting caliber, but if he's top eight caliber player then wow like the thunder not only got the backup point guard that they needed but they've got a wing that can play so i'm a i i think that there's a chance that he could be that it's a complete stab in the dark it's a complete guess i have no inside information i'm just looking at past history with the thunder and how they've gotten guys that are good and it's usually via trade it's usually a lot of times I feel like their interleague scouting has been really good. And so um, I think there's a chance that at the end of the season that we look at that game and be like, oh, well, hey, that guy can play. This is you uh, trying to fill in the hole that you left in your heart. That's true. That's true. I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't know if a guy from France can really be that guy, could fill that place. Well, Fra- France, France is not an island, so... <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's, it's a, that's a little preemptive to, to say that he could be such a guy. Uh, from at Dakari Sanchez, start, bench, stash, and cut. Ferguson. Oh, I like that. Okay. So you have to start one, bench one, stash one, cut one. Ferguson, Diallo, Burton, TLC. All this kind of plays into our my last answer. Uh, shoot. It's tough. I think you start Ferguson. I think he's the guy with the most potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will bench TLC. Ooh. Okay. <sighs> and then this is just... How a, can you? How could you? How could I what? Like you, don't, you, you don't bench Burton? <laughs> where, where is your love for him? <laughs> I don't... My deal is like I think he's awesome, but I just don't know where the line is yet. <laughs> 
Who cares? I mean, it's a game. You should you should really bench him. I would I, I will bench him. And I, I'll sta- yeah, yeah, I'll stash uh, Diallo because he well, especially if he gets a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, He'll cut TLC. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's that's completely stupid. Though. <laughs> I'll probably I would probably in reality like if I was put on the hot seat as a GM, like if this was like if this was my job. And I was going to be judged on my job. And I wasn't using my heart. <clears throat> Star Ferguson, bench TLC, stash Diallo, cut Burton. If you're, if that's your job, like that's what you do. If I'm going well, by my heart, I'm let's starting. Let's place a bet. <clears throat> okay. Let, let, let's, let's bet something. So if in two years, Burton has played more games than TLC, I win. Okay. Oh, I mean, I'm in. I'm in. I'm all in. Okay. Let's let's bet. Wow. Okay. I like this. I like this confidence that you, you have in Deontay. I like him. He is so intriguing. He is just this truck that can play like the two through four and probably five in some situations. Like he's, he's, he's awesome. And he's the Lego man. Like he's just great. I don't know. I, I like him, but I think... I- I think that if you're betting, and especially for the Thunder, I don't know. That's that's where I would go. But if I'm going with my heart, starting Burton, benching Diallo, stashing TLC, and I'm cutting Terrence Ferguson. That's my heart. Whoa. That's what my heart says. But oh, that's okay. Now listen out on Burton. Uh, I know you are with me uh, ideally, but to me, TLC as a um, as a clear upside, like a, a ceiling on his upside, because athletically he, and this is something that Sam Vecini said in his podcast, which I really liked. And I went back and looked into films and there is an issue with TLC in being able to create separation and use his uh, athleticism to guard elite players. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other end, you have a guy that doesn't fit. A guy that has uh, a crazy athleticism uh, is much more athletic than TLC. And he can do everything on the court. And so, like, Rick Foyce uh, commented that he's a misfit. And that great players, like, comes oh, sometimes comes from, from those, like, weird uh, situations where you don't have a clear role, but you make it work because you're talented. Yeah. And this is, this is what I see... Uh, like to me, the ceiling of Burton is much higher, sure, uh, because of that. And so I'm betting that in two years, maybe like uh, betting on the game played is kind of uh, will backfire on me. But in two years, we will probably say that he's the better player of the two. That would be uh, amazing because I, I, I would love I, for him to be like on the Thunder and pl- actually play. I just have okay. my doubts as to whether that's a real possibility. But I I like him. I mean, obviously, I like him. And I would be, I would love to lose this bet. I would love to, because I think that yeah. he is, he's also not only is he an upside play, but he's like a fun upside play for the Thunder. Yeah. Like if he yeah. plays, if he's, even if he's like the sixth man for the Thunder, which is like crazy, like that is a crazy, like I can't even believe I just said that. Yeah. But if he is a guy that can come in and actually play, like man, like he's fun. Like he's a fun basketball player because yeah, he can. He's electric. He can dunk. He can 
he has crazy athleticism, like you said. He can handle the ball. He can pass it. He can defend several positions. And he's just huge. I mean, he is like, like everybody's really excited about Zion Williamson. Like he's super fun. Like he's like, he could be poor man Zion Williamson where he's just this truck of a man that can play all these positions, move like a guard. And there's just not anybody else in the NBA yet that has, and that's, that's also a concern. Like he's carrying a lot of weight. Yeah. And he has to trim. What Uh, does that, yeah. How does that translate to the NBA? Yeah. I don't know. When you said people got uh, uh, excited because Zion William is fat, I, I was assuming you were ending up is fat because he probably is, and the the Deontay is uh, kind of um, mm-hmm. fatty, uh, not fat like he, he has like uh, a high body fat percentage. Um, yeah. He has to trim it. He has to trim it, and Zion will have to trim it as well. Um, that will not be him being like light, but right, he'll still be uh, like two forty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. If he goes to 230, 235, um, you're talking about a guy that can, again, he can do a lot of stuff. He can really screen because you need mass to screen. You need to be big to to to, uh, to take contacts. And so a guy like that who can, I, I don't know, I, I see a path and I hope, I really hope that OKC is able to develop and to include him uh, in their plans. Um no. It's going to take him taking threes confidently. It's oh, yeah. And it's going to take him trimming down if he's really going to play in the NBA. Uh, or he really has to like to be personal, like in terms of personality and impact of the game, he needs to be elite. Like he used to be a guy that when he goes on the court, he plays well every time, period. Or he make other guys play bad. He has to be like a changing force on the, on the court. Uh, with his skill set, and to what I see, like what I saw in summer league, he's a guy that that really plays hard, super hard, and and it it shows. It's not like a guy like Abrines play hard, like every yeah. time. Sometimes you, you just don't see it, and a guy like Burton, I think he you see it, and that is important in the court. Yeah, I was impressed with him in summer league, and it's just hard to know. Like I said, where's that line? Like where, where's a guy go from being fun in summer league to being an NBA rotation player? Like I just, yep. like, I don't know. There's a lot of guys that have been awesome in summer league, like elite in summer league that are playing in Europe now. And so, sure. um, I think that TLC is probably, is the safer bet. Certainly, uh, just because he's played NBA minutes already, the Thunder traded for him. And I think there is some belief that he can play, but, uh, we will see. This is from at, Cody McChicken underscore. Do you think at any point this year we will see all three point guards on the floor together, even if just for a minute? Yes, we will. Yeah. I mean, this is Billy Donovan. We're talking about this is a guy that tries everything. I mean, the dude played Kyle Singler big minutes last year at the beginning of the season just to see if it would work. I mean, if you don't remember, uh, Russell tossing Kyle Singler's hair, that's, uh, that's how you know that we will see three point guards is because we got somewhere to see in Russell. Mexico, right? <laughs> we got to see Russell tossle Kyle Singler's hair, and and that to me says three point guards. Uh, let's see, let's do. Oh my goodness, we've gone pretty long. Uh, yeah, shall we do the Shannon Ward? Uh, the about the 
previous draft busts. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that one. Let's, this will be our last one. Thank you guys for all the questions in August. I think we had 30 something questions, which is amazing. So if we didn't get to yours, I apologize, but we're thankful that you guys are giving us questions, uh, at a point, just complete NBA deadness. So we're, pre- we're appreciative of that. Uh, from S. Shannon Z. Ward, if you could pick any of the Thunder's previous draft busts to meet their potential, who would it be? Mine would be B.J. Mullins. A stretch four with Russ and KD could have been a game changer. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, someone answered to that and said um, Perry Jones. Yeah. And to me, like, imagine if you could play Perry Jones and KD together. Right. <laughs> that was the dream, right? Yeah. And that was the, like, it was, it was a good blueprint to have. Uh, and Perry had talent. He just didn't have motor and health and right. um, probably the personality to be that player. But to me, like, Think about the lineup with uh, Russ, uh, Ibaka, Perry, good Perry Jones, and KD. Well, yeah. that's that's Milwaukee. What he's trying to do Milwaukee now, just better because KD right. is better than, than Giannis. So, yeah. Oh well, goodness. that yeah, that's awake. yeah, that's what uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the guy, a lineup like that <laughs> they've done on the court. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that Perry Jones is a good one. I think I'll go with uh, Perry Jones's good buddy that they they were just hilarious on the bench. If you don't remember, they were just great on the bench was Jeremy Lamb and Perry Jones. But one, if Jeremy Lamb is good, it makes the Thunder look so much better as a franchise because he his failure is a part of what makes the Harden trade look so Horrible. bad. <laughs> I mean, if he was even a rotation player for the Thunder, then everything doesn't look quite as bad. And just publicly, we we as Thunder fans could actually breathe a little bit more when it, when it comes to talking about that trade. But we can't because he was terrible. He was awful for the Thunder. And he, just like his buddy Perry Jones, like they were good buddies because they both had crazy talent and a low motor and really didn't really care too much about being elite basketball players. Like, I just don't think they cared that much and not everybody does, but if he could have been the starting two for the thunder as a long rangy shooting guard, like that's it. Like that was the prototype that you wanted to play alongside Russ and KD and Ibaka was a guy that could come in at the two and shoot a three, attack a closeout, and play defense. And he has, like, Jeremy Lamb has that in him, all of that. But the Thunder couldn't get it out of him. And he's been better for Charlotte. He's still not a great player. He's still not a guy that people are just like, oh, man, we got to get Jeremy Lamb. Like, he's he's a back-end-of-the-rotation guard. And he's more than that in Charlotte because Charlotte's not very good. And so if he could have hit his potential... I mean, that's what the Thunder were kind of betting on, is that once the Thunder moved on from Kevin Martin, that you could have a guy like him move in. The plan, I don't think it was necessarily that Andre Robertson was going to be that guy. I would say that that wasn't the plan. 
that they just picked him and thought that he could be a versatile wing that could defend and he's the guy that had the motor and he's the guy that wanted to be a great nba player and if if you just take that that desire just that thought and place it in jeremy lamb's head then the thunder maybe win a championship i mean honestly so that's that's one of my guys i also cole aldrich is another guy that if he would have worked out and been like the idea of cole aldrich like that would have been really good for the thunder too yeah I mean, for sure. I mean, there are a pretty good uh, amount of players that, um, like, meeting their uh, ceiling would have been great for KC. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it all makes sense. Like, Perry Jones and Jeremy Lamb, to me, are the ones. Um, mm-hmm. Because of what we said, yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. Cameron Payne was supposed to be a guy that was good and created his own shot. Then the Thunder don't have to make the deal for a backup point guard to get um shooter like you already i don't know i don't know who he is i completely erased that draft because <laughs> it's too too painful to to think about that draft of like um who would you rather the, have i mean who, who oh really? devin booker i was yeah, i was but he was sucked before that's I, mean, I i you have to try to get him i don't I know. care i get it I, but, but still i mean let's say that that was that i just in my head that's not even on the table yeah, I know. Because then who I don't else, know. I mean, who else would be the who else would be the guy? I mean, I mean Kelly Oubre maybe is the guy that mm-hmm. you're just. But I don't. I mean, Kelly Oubre is like probably him. overrated in the NBA community. I would think. I don't like him. Yeah, I I didn't like him in the draft, and I and I was I I really stopped my <laughs> draft coverage to Booker because that was the guy I thought OKC could pick, and then he's awesome. Didn't care, but yeah, he's awesome, and yeah. Well, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. Also, Kelly Kelly Oubre, one of the the few guys in the NBA that have girl names, and we've talked about one already. Courtney Kelly Oubre, Kelly Olynyk, and Lori Markkinen all have girl names. Okay, I went through. Well, I went through the list after people were talking about Courtney. And I was like, man, Courtney, totally a girl name. Like we got like who else has girl names in the NBA? There's there's four guys that have girl names. But Kelly, thanks for coming on the show today. We'll follow you on Twitter at Mikey Barra. We'll read your stuff or at least go check out your stuff at chart underscore side. Uh, it's a great project. It really is. It's really cool stuff. Uh, make sure you're following him. Please leave us a five-star iTunes review. Uh, I just appreciate you guys doing that. I think we're like two or three away from the 600. Here's what I'm going to do. Andy's is our sponsor for today's podcast. If you leave us a five-star iTunes review screenshot the actual review. So I'm going to need you to actually write some words into a box and hit enter. And if it's five stars, please screenshot it and send it to me. I think maybe I'll announce a winner on Thursday, but I will send you a free Andy's gift card. So if you live in Oklahoma city or Texas or wherever there's an Andy's, I will send you a free treat. So if you leave us a five star iTunes review, and leave a message. So if you've already left one, go ahead and screenshot it and send it to me. I know there's a lot of you that are listening like, hey, I've already done it. Send it to me. Just go ahead and send it to me. I don't care if it was from five years ago. Go ahead and send it. So, uh, and if you've already left a five-star review but haven't left a message, you can go ahead and go back and, and put a message in. But I'll announce a winner Thursday. I will mail you guys a, a free Andy's treat. So please do that. 
today. We'd very much appreciate it. It's really an easy way to support our show. Uh, and it, it helps us in a number of ways to get those five-star reviews. So we appreciate you guys. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. And we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.